Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Cork Swimming Suit Solution. Sinking into the shallows with your shallow swimwear? Not enough saline to keep you suspended? With Minerva's Cork Swimming Suit Solution, you'll float on the fine sea foam without a care or a fig. Just on Minerva's Cork Swimming Suit Solution, ignore any mocking from the jealous shoreline folk, and then flap your walrus-like rotundness into the waves to bob along the currents without a care. Due to the profile of the Cork Swimming Suit Solution, make sure to watch out for the walrus poachers, those south louses or harpoon just about anything. Minerva's Cork Swimming Suit Solution. Save your regrets for tomorrow. The Sotto Voce. The House of Whispers. Created from the remnants of a ghost ship. Employed in an opera by a maestro that slowly went mad. A house owned by the Overland Dust Company, who is in the process of tearing it down in the middle of a heavy rainstorm. Four neighborhood children trapped inside. Three little girls have been chased to the basement by an old musical fiend. But now, having crept back up the stairs, they peer through a crack and realize their troubles had tripled. The one old fiend that chased Temperance after she interrupted his practice had turned to three, standing in the kitchen over a bubbling pot. Maisie was getting used to the screams emanating from the walls of the house and was able to compensate somewhat. She tried to reach out again, to listen, but the screams mixed with everything and it was too muddled. If only Lily were here. She's the best at listening through things. 
She listened through two layers of brick into a lead safe once. She could find Enoch, even in this house. Well, Maisie, I guess I'm great curio now, too, because I can feel Enoch. Really? Yeah, use my amazing temperance powers. He's right there. Maisie pushed the door open a little further and saw Enoch dangling from a hook over the pot, a rope on his ankle, slowly spinning in a circle. They must have found and caught him in some corner of the house. The three fiends kept throwing things into the boiling pot below him. The smell was terrible. Maisie cocked her head and observed them, working the puzzle. They're related. You can tell. Same clothes. They move the same. I think they're brothers. Temperance closed the door quietly. We have to get them out of there and cut them down. Do you think you can arrange something with that curio brain of yours? Or do we have to messenger a letter to Mr. Fitz? No. We just need a good distraction. The three brothers squealed with glee and delight. Something behind those cataracts flickered, as if playing from a sweet memory. The kitchen cast in the past light, filled with stores and the warmth of family. The hearth running and full of pots and roasts with bread and pies cooling. They were lost in it, the three of them, pretending to slice onions and mushrooms and tomatoes and throw them into the pot. The broth frothing a warm kitchen and not a rank bucket of water sloshed with rat carcasses and old rags. A bubbling froth to reach out with aroma, slowly poaching the young boy Enoch in the hopes of summoning the sisters Baba Yaga for supper. Enoch dangled from the rope, slowly twisting over the pot, placid as ever, occasionally glancing at the bubbling filth below him. The three decrepit brothers locked arms, and in their glee, they began to dance in a tight circle, kicking their legs and yelping in high-pitched howls in the middle of the kitchen. Sing a song of white beans, stirred with a spoon. Won't you bring rosemary and join in the tune? Set the fire softly. Don't hasten the boil. Add some broth and butter and flavor it with oil. Simmer the bones down softly and they won't make a peep. Split the celery lengthwise and drown it down deep. Mince the garlic with a sharp old knife. Witness the old maestro as he frightens his wife. Oh, won't you spare a lyric for little boy's stew? Add some carrots, a leek, or some turnips to brew. Mommy loves her little boys, and maybe a quiet sister, too. Oh, can they spare some mutton for little boy's stew? Grab the plump potato and skewer and run them through. Add some wine for flavor and pour some drinking, too. The salt and pepper will surely stop their cries. Especially if you rub it in their dull, damp eyes. And shallots stir slowly to succulents or choke their mouths with the subtle hints. Warm the bowls and ladle and bring in the poker, too. It's almost time to serve up a little boy with stew. Share a crust of dry bread, soak the last drops from the pot, but hurry from the kitchen before you get caught. It's the only feast for family. Don't get left out of the few. The only thing to cure the creep is a little boy stew. What are we gonna 
do? We have to distract them. But how? Antigone darted past them before Temperance could finish her sentence. She shot out the door past the pantry, just into the entrance to the dining room, and then hunched down near the frame. Flicked open the music box. It started to play. The three fiend brothers froze, listened, and sniffed the air, and with high-pitched screams, shot through the kitchen. Antigone giggled and rushed out of the room and down the hallway. They rushed after her, darting out of the kitchen, leaving the pot on the stove and Enoch dangling above it. Enoch, we're gonna get you down. Don't worry. Maisie, grab that stool. Maisie dragged a stool over to the hearth. Temperance climbed up on it and reached out for the handle of a large cleaver embedded in the wood block and yanked back and forth until it was free. It was too heavy, and a tip hit the floor. Maisie, help me, she said. She climbed off the stool and scooted it next to the pot, climbed onto the range, avoiding the heat of the fire. Maisie climbed up the other side. The cleaver was so heavy they had to lift it together, and they swung it wobbly back and forth over their heads, trying to contact the string holding up Enoch. He eyed the edge of the blade as it came close to his face several times. Hold still, Enoch, Temperance said, even though he himself was not moving. Enoch slowly twisted, blinking at the suit. Maisie could hear Antigone close the box, then hide, then open it again, then dart under a table or a chair and tease them, drawing them out around the ground floor. She'd make a good curio, Maisie said. Don't even think about it, Temperance scolded. Here, help me rest the blade against the string. They rested the blade against the string and sawed back and forth. The threads came apart, Enoch lowered. Temperance grabbed his jacket with one hand to yank him away from the pot with the rope released, and the string snapped. Temperance pulled Enoch away from the pot and the fire. Maisie dropped the cleaver to a plank on the floor. The fiends came back into the kitchen to inspect the commotion. Maisie shouldered into the pot, pushing it over and spilling it onto the floor, which made them skitter back into the dining room. Antigone peeked her head out from under the table. They chased her around the edge. Maisie, Temperance, and Enoch used the opportunity to dart out of the kitchen, around the spilt boiling offal, and make a straight line through the dining room, interconnecting with Antigone just as she rounded the table. And the four of them shot out of the dining room, out in the hall, and up the stairs, up two flights. And just as the clawed hand reached them, Maisie shouted, Scatter! And the group split in half. Maisie and Antigone split left into the study, and Temperance and Enoch split right into the music room. The fiends ganged up and chased Maisie, who rounded the corner into the study. She slid Antigone under the sagging cushion of a dusty chair, spun around, took two steps, and she immediately vanished into the shadow from the lightning strike outside the paper window. The brothers were dumbfounded, intensely sniffing around the furniture and corners to find her. They climbed up the bookshelves and chairs in the mantel, perching like old, decrepit owls, blindly searching for a little mouse for dinner. Across the hall, Temperance didn't have many options. There was little furniture in the music room. She grabbed a sheet off the piano, threw it over Enoch's head, and stood him in the corner. Let's hope these guys are as blind as they look. Hold perfectly still, Enoch. Don't make a sound. She stood Enoch in the corner next to a rolled-up rug 
and quietly slipped under a partially collapsed grand piano so she could still watch what was happening across the hall in the study. One of the brothers, who seemed in charge more than the other two, puffed out his chest and in a hollow screech, lowered and sounded like a muted note, as if attempting to sing, connecting with another memory in the house. Their minds long gone, but some deeper, more inherent threads connected them. They all sang the strained notes, high-pitched towards the ceiling. But there was something else going on. In a shadow, Maisie pressed her hands to the floor, and she could hear the memory of it resonating in the room. As the screeches and muted notes sang out together, the other brother wandered over to the music room, sat at the dusty bench of the broken piano, and began to play along. The notes sour and broken, but the brother didn't notice. The shrill singing in the piano for them was playing something sweet and connected. There was no notice of Enoch as he stood like a little ghost under his sheet. Maisie, in her dark corner of the study, saw temperance across the hallway under the piano. Maisie reached into her coat and pulled out a small whisper device. She cupped it in her hand around her mouth and used it to shape a whisper that she slipped across the hardwood to reach temperance. The whisper sneaked out along and nuzzled into Temperance's ear. I saw an open door at the top of the stairs. I think we should head for the attic. There might be a window or vent out the roof. How are you doing this? I don't have time to explain. Listen when I count to three. Grab Enoch and run. Yes, I think I can manage that. I can't promise I won't kick one of these bloated fiends in the avocados if I get the chance, though. I think we should go after the next lightning flash so we're covered by the thunder. Ready? Yes. The lightning flashed. One. Two. Maisie and Antigone bolted from the room. Temperance shot up and grabbed Enoch. But the brothers were quicker. They snapped out of their musical daydream and cornered them in the landing. They snatched out with their bent hands with long, unkempt nails. One had Antigone by the neck. One had Enoch tangled up in his ghost sheet. And the biggest one had Temperance by the arm. He wrenched it behind her back. brother reached over to a table in the hall and raised over his head a pair of wicked scissors. He ran it along her arm as she struggled, and he stopped to squint at her silver bracelet. Sure enough, as Temperance had mentioned, the silver bell's charms dangled, and his small section stamped into the silver the word, Torqueo. 
Josephine sniffed at it and seemed to recognize something. Temperance struggled and tried to pull away. He clenched her arm and Temperance flinched. And then he wrenched it, twisting her wrist swiftly in just a way that caused the bell charms to clang against each other. And quite unexpectedly, the bells rang. Clang of a tower bell ring, shaking the rafters and boards of the room they were in, the compression collapsing everyone to the floor. They collapsed, with the children recovering more quickly, finding each other, and then darting up the steps as the brothers collected themselves. They reached the landing, ran through the door to the attic, and slammed it shut with all of their weight. So this is our life now, Temperance said, jamming the key in the lock. Being chased up and down this infernal house, locking ourselves behind thick doors. Maybe we can tire them out. They look pretty old. What was that? Maisie asked. My bracelet's got a kick. I'm calling it the Bells of Temperance. What do you think of that? You can't take it, Rennie. It's not yours. Look what just saved our skin. I love it even more now. Wait till I use it on the servants. Music box that plays on its own. A stolen concussive bracelet. A house that screams. Got it. I'd really like to go home now. Oh, Miss Creepy Nightmare Hole is done now? I'm the one that almost got skewered by scissors. You can't go home now. We have to see what horrors await us in the attic. What horrors do await temperance in the attic of the Sato Voce? Are the brothers the sons of the Mad Maestro left in the house to eat rats? Would the powerful machines of the Overland Dust Company disintegrate the domicile? What more secrets did the Sato Voce have for us? The conclusion of our story draws near. We close in on the heart of the suffering of the house that cries out. Flick your wrist and let the bells ring out and cry bitter on the next episode of Celine.